0: Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, everybody. Happy Thursday. I'm your host, Will Brinson. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Thursday means it's time for some fantasy talk. Uh, we will dive right into that with Heath Cummings. First, and we'll talk about Thursday Night Football. Uh, but first, we gotta get to the news of the day, we'll just weave this into real news and, um, and, and fantasy. I mean, Heath's a football fan, obviously, knows football well. Um, Des Bryant to the New Orleans Saints. What are your thoughts, Heath, from, okay, first, I'm gonna say this from a real football, or not, like, not, I hate to keep saying real football, but just like, you know, like, not affecting your fantasy team or my fantasy team. This, it's sort of annoying that, and we're all at fault in the media for this, but the Des Bryant signing is getting way too much attention. Like, to me, it's, like, the idea that Michael Thomas, Who's catching 88.5 percent of his passes this year? Just broke the Saints' record for most receiving yards in a single season. Gets less attention than Des Bryant does for signing with the Saints. Like ESPN tweets out, SportsCenter tweets out, it's like it's the Saints' new look offense. It's like no, it's the same offense. They just added a a, a, a guy who's a, like a, a poor man's Jimmy Graham, enlisted at wide receiver, right?
1: There's something Michael Thomas tweets a lot, and oh, I notice Ohio State players do as well, and you're more into the college scene than I am, so maybe you know what it means, but they often will just tweet nothing but shh on a quote <laughs> tweet or something.
0: And maybe that's what he's trying to say to the mm. media right now. Shh. Maybe so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, don't, don't you think that – I know that you wrote about Des Bryant in terms of um the fantasy implications. I mean, I just think from – I don't think this is going to be an impact signing. That Matt, I, I can see Dez catching two touchdowns and having 75 yards against the Cowboys in late November, but I don't think this is going to change what the Saints do. And if anything, I think it would actually change what the Saints do from a negative standpoint because they might try to force feed Dez the ball a little bit when he gets there.
1: Can you say Adrian Peterson? Exactly. You, this team this very, Sean Payton last year for four games tried to find some way to work Adrian Peterson's old ass into the Saints offense <laughs> when he had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And as soon as they got rid of him, everything took off.
0: Yep.
1: Now I do think if they use him correctly, I, I ran a Twitter poll and it was not a joke.
0: I, I saw, who's, I saw, I saw ben, ben, who's it? Benjamin
1: Watson and, and Triquan Smith. Yeah. I whose skill set does Des Bryant more closely resemble right now? And 87% of the people said Ben Watson, and they're right. Yeah. And I think if you use Dez in that way, it, in terms of real football, this could make an impact in the playoffs. He could catch a touchdown pass. I think he's probably, if if he accepts that role, a better tight end than Ben Watson or a better red zone threat than Ben Watson. So that that's about it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that does matter. I But I, although I was looking at it I, because when I first saw the rumors, I was like, well, maybe the Saints – have been less efficient in the red zone than we think. But Drew Brees has been great in the red zone. He's thrown a bunch of, he's got 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, completing like 64% of his passes, I think. And, um, maybe I need to look that up. But I don't know. I mean, like they have, they're just already dangerous in the red zone. Michael Thomas is tough down there. Alvin Kamara makes him tough. Um, you know, Mark Ingram, but I'll, I'll give it to him. They don't have a tight end presence. All they have is Ben Watson. And so now they can use Dez in situations where if he draws, single coverage or the primary single coverage or even double coverage in, in the red zone. Maybe it opens things up for Michael Thomas. Maybe it makes it easier for the running game. I, I don't know. Just, I just, if, if this was, um, like who's a big, there's not like Brandon Marshall doesn't count. He would get the attention to, but the other guy they were going to work out was Jeremy Curley. If they signed Jeremy Curley. We're like, eh, whatever, move on. It's not like the rich get richer. Des Bryant signs with the saints. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm annoyed at, at, myself i guess because i'm 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 guilty of, of propagating this as well
1: well it's a, it's your job right right Thanks. you don't have to feel guilty I, but I, it's I, probably I not going to matter
0: right i, I struggle and, i struggle with this on a daily basis as you can see and
1: for fantasy purposes it's i going to matter even less mm. like the be, i tried to carve out a best case scenario for dez in the article that i just wrote and it, it's about 15% of the team's targets if you give them a good chunk of what watson's got maybe a chunk of those the one thing about Sean Payton's offense, you know they're going to waste 15% of their targets just throwing it to guys that nobody has in fantasy and give him a couple of those as well. Maybe he gets to 15%, that's basically a 3 catches for 42 yards stat line each week and you hope he scores a touchdown.
0: Is there any opportunity to buy low on Michael Thomas here with the addition of Dez? I mean, people are I, people are stupid sometimes. I mean, no offense to people, but they're stupid sometimes.
1: I'd sure try. I I can't imagine there is. I own them in most of my leagues, so yeah, I, I'm too. not giving them
0: up. Right, right, right. I, do t- I mean, I, I own them in a significant number of leagues. Him and Adam Thielen, um, the best values in fantasy this year. Uh, also notable news, uh, Michael Duraco of uh, ESPN says – Jags cornerback A.J. Bouye, this literally have, oh, this happened earlier today, pol- politely declined an interview request by saying he's not playing this week because of his calf injury. Does that make you feel better about the uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts passing attack?
1: I think it's a little tick up for Andrew Luck. Now, I still think you're going to see Jalen Ramsey on T.Y. Hilton. I'm not sure it helps Hilton any. And the rest of the Colts wide receiver, I mean – the thing I love is that the Colts went on a buy right after their last game, so we didn't get to talk at all about where in the hell did Dontrell Inman come from. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, just all of a sudden last week, he was their number two wide receiver.
0: That's a, that's a, that's a very good point. He, and somebody, in fact, somebody in our 2016 office league, somebody got him after waivers cleared, and he yeah. might end up being, remember, he was the number one in Chicago last year for Mitchell Trubisky after coming over in a trade from, um, from Los from the Chargers. I noticed you said on, um, on CBS Sports HQ, I believe it was just like a one-off on maybe, uh, oh no, it was on, on streamers, which we'll get to in a second. But you think that, and from a betting perspective, you like the Jaguars in this game, right? I do.
1: Coming off a buy, their defense hasn't been what we expected the last couple of weeks before the buy. I think that I, now, that was before knowing what I knew about Boye. So I thought the defense would be a little bit healthier. Yeah. I still think they'll be a little bit healthier, just not all the way healthy. I think they'll make a statement in this game.
0: I, I do too. It feels weird to have the Jaguars be a three-point road dog, road dog. Indy's good, but they're not that good. Uh, that's,
1: that's one of two three-point road dogs that I like to uh, win straight up. Who, who's the other one? It's Monday Night Football. Oh, you like the Giants? Really? I don't believe in Mullins' magic.
0: will Let's go right into that. We'll get. We'll do Monday Night first, and we'll come back to Thursday Night. Why? Why don't you? Are you? You expect a significant regression for Nick Mullins?
1: I don't think what he did was all that impressive because the Raiders weren't trying. Like, were... That was one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen from a football team in my life. And like, in fairness, most of those performances have come from past Raiders teams at this point in the season. But they <laughs> they were just jogging on defense. They half the time they weren't even covering receivers. The Giants' defense isn't good, but it's not as bad as what that Raiders defense just did.
0: That's a fair point. I mean, that like. People were joking about Alabama beating the Raiders, and I don't think that would happen. But I don't think I think that Alabama would put up twenty four points against that Raiders defense easily.
1: I yeah. think the, I think the Bills would would embarrass the Raiders right now. Not because they'd beat them badly, they but just, just because the Bills are still trying.
0: Right, man. The Gruden's doing the thing. It's almost um, can't describe who else might say something like this. Greg Williams. Uh, other boastful Americans of note, of note. Um, but, you know, he's like, oh, I get texts all the time from guys who want to play in Oakland. I mean, believe me, they, they know the brand. They love the Raiders. They want to be here. Huge, tremendous, like, players want to be here. Um, nobody believes that, John. Nobody wants to play for you. You keep cutting your best players. They cut Bruce Irvin, who signed with the Falcons. Um, the Atlanta team is getting kind of interesting, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a way, too, because their defense might start to get a little, bit healthy. All right, Thursday night football. Panthers at the Steelers. This is a great game. Fun game. Well,
1: it should be a lot of fun, yeah. Um I well, I would expect, I mean these defenses have been pretty good and improved lately. I still expect this one gets up and down just a little bit.
0: I think it does too and I believe I said on SportsLine on on CBS Sports HQ on Tuesday night that people should take the over. It was 50 and a half. It is uh it is already up to 52. Um, it had moved up to 51. I think it'll keep climbing because these offenses are playing really well. And this should be a pretty big, dare I say, bonanza for, this is a sneaky bonanza game for fantasy owners in that I think you could see a lot of points scored by both teams. Is there anybody you're not starting? Um, Cam is obviously starting. Ben is obviously starting. Antonio Brown, James Conner, um, Christian McCaffrey. Is there anybody, DJ, are you starting DJ Moore? I think
1: where you get nervous is both of the Carolina wide receivers Mm. because Funchess has seen his role shrink quite a bit since Olsen came back and D.J. Moore started to emerge. Moore laid an egg last week with only two targets, but once again, a 30-yard run, so it wasn't totally awful. But it was a weird game flow where Cam wasn't responsible for any of their first three touchdowns. I do think that Moore bounces back. I've got more right now as a high inflex, Funches as a low inflex. I do, I still like more more than Funches.
0: Um, Funches, by the way, this is not a new phenomenon. This has been happening for two years now. When Greg Olson leaves, Funches elevates his game, puts up big numbers, and when Greg Olson comes back, Funches takes a back seat. And so you is just- it, Isn't that because Funches is a tight end? He's, he was drafted as a move tight end. I mean, like, he, he is- right. He's like Des. We need to, these guys need to understand, I mean, I, I get that Devin Funch is probably not listening to this podcast. If he is, or Des Bryant is, I hope they understand. We're not making fun of them, or no. insulting them. They're just not wide you know, like wide receiver, Jimmy Graham and Kobe Fleener, and all these tight end, like Travis Kelly, all these guys have blended the line between tight end and wide receiver so much that there are bigger wide receivers who are closer to tight ends.
1: Well, I think Larry Fitzgerald's played much like a tight end for like 3 years now and he's sure. been awesome at it. I'm yeah. not making fun of Larry Fitzgerald. He's one of the best receivers of all time.
0: Right. Um yeah, it's not yeah, we're not mocking him. And but look 8 targets the last 2 games for uh for old Funches, that's not great after he had three touchdowns in the pa- in the previous four games before that with, you know, uh, let's see, like, yeah, like 40 targets. So, if, if Greg Olson goes down, Funches is a decent buy low though, I think, because Greg Olson's foot injury is something that could crop back up. Like if somebody drops Funches and you have a deeper bench, I don't mind grabbing him and stashing him, but I don't think you want to play him while Greg Olson is on the field. Um, Agreed,
1: I-, I wouldn't drop him.
0: Yeah. When uh, oh yeah, uh, who would you go with, captain wise or MVP wise for DraftKings and Fanduel um, in in the in this game? If you had to pick somebody, is it the obvious quarterback situation, or if you're going like GPP play, do you um, do you try and fade you know fade every? So like people are obviously going to be putting in Cam and and Ben Roethlisberger there, um, and I would assume James Conner maybe. Could Christian McCaffrey be a sneaky captain play? I think he is.
1: Steelers have been really good against pass catching running backs. I was just trying to pull up on DraftKings. I had FanDuel open. I was trying to pull up on DraftKings. The, the pricing, of course, matters on that a lot with sure. the way DraftKings changes the price depending on where you play the players. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Cam. I mean, he's 14,400 this week on DraftKings. Connor's 18.3.
0: Whoa. That's a <laughs> crazy discrepancy. That's,
1: that's a big, big difference. And it's full PPR. So, th- I mean, it's not that weird that Cam's not the most expensive, but he's cheaper than Ben, and I'd rather play Cam than Ben. So
0: mm, interesting, yeah. Uh, so Connor, most expensive, followed by Brown at seventeen seven, McCaffrey at seventeen one. Wow, that's really weird, aren't the? I thought the quarterbacks were usually almost always. More expensive. I would absolutely, and if Funchius is the, like, the fifth highest guy, um, I would load up on Cam, I, I agree with you completely. I would load up with Cam because you not only have the passing potential, but you also have, uh, the, the rushing touchdown potential too. And if he, it wouldn't be surprising at all if he found his way into the end zone in this game. Okay. Uh, moving along to the week coming up. Oh, uh, well, actually a little more Des news. I don't know why I didn't cover this. It's probably because I'm not good at reading a rundown that I created myself. Um, would you drop Dez for any, you just stop me if you hear somebody you would drop him for, cause I don't think you're gonna say yes to any of these. Uh, Chris Godwin, Anthony Miller, Corey Davis, Christian Kirk, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin.
1: Maybe Marquise Goodwin. Wow.
0: He's falling fast, huh?
1: Yeah, and it's just the targets haven't been there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I mean, I-, so, I think, Yeah,
1: Goodwin, if you really want to have Dez on your team, throw up the X, you can drop Marquise Goodwin.
0: I mean, I saw this, it's it's funny, like, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but, um, like, in all these, you know, these, these leagues you play in, like, you probably don't always play with me and Dave and Jamie and Adam Azer. Like, you have leagues with other people, right, who who have day jobs who actually do, you know, that aren't involved in sports, right? Oh, absolutely. So, you see that, like, when something happens, like, when Le'Veon Bell was announced that he was going to be out, I, you know, I'm writing a story, and I'm also maybe checking all my fantasy leagues at once, like. To see if, you know, I, I grabbed James Conner anywhere he's available. Um with the Dez thing, I knew where he was available and I just didn't move. Like I didn't, I didn't even go to my laptop, didn't go to my phone, didn't even bother with it. And then about an hour later, there's like this flurry of Dez related email, like transactional activity in all of my leagues where people were grabbing him up. So I think one of the things that people should be cognizant about is if some, cause when something like this happens and Dez signs in the middle of the day, you got a, a random owner who might make a, a rash decision. So be wary of whoever is getting dropped for Dez and and maybe you can pick them up but yeah look don't if you like Dez grab him uh, otherwise there's I, to me I, nobody he's not going to make a huge impact and if he catches a touchdown and for some reason you have him trade him after you get him uh streamers this week you've got Blake Bortles and uh Eli Manning again did Eli Manning justify the last one? I guess he did, right? If you brought it back. He,
1: he had a retirement match and, uh, <laughs> he did score 20 fantasy points and he's got, it's over 300 yards in three of his last four games. Hmm. And I don't think the San Francisco defense anything special. So coming off a of bye, I, I, I don't like any of the streamers this week, to be honest. None of them made my top 15 quarterbacks. Okay. So you're using these guys if you have a quarterback on a bye and you've been carrying one quarterback all year. And I have some Kirk Cousins teams where I don't have a backup and I'm starting Blake Bortles this week. I don't believe in the Colts' defense, and Bortles is giving you a decent floor with his rushing production, and he's been over twenty fantasy points in fifty percent of his starts this year.
0: Can um can I make a confession about a terrible trade I made? I'd love to hear that. Uh, so this is it's humiliating. I, I don't care. Like it's it's fine. You you make something. It was in a low cost league. I think you're in it. It's that two quarterback league that we do. Um, you are. You were not in it, but but like uh, oh yeah, you're in it. You're seven and two in this league. Good for you. Yeah, okay. I'm.
1: Do- I lost Adam Azer, which was crushing this week, but uh, I have been dominating that league. It's
0: week. weird though because see, I actually have the most points of anybody in the league, and yet I'm four and five. Um, you know why I'm probably four and five? Do you want to know why? Yes. I made a trade with Adam Azer in this league, and I was desperate two weeks ago to get a. I had two. I had Dak and um, uh, Dak and Philip Rivers on a bye, so I needed to get a quarterback to play with my Blake Bortles. So I made the trade with Azer uh to acquire I was he he just azered me. He just he just he's like I gave him Dak and Larry Fitzgerald for for uh Eli Manning. It's, the, it's just a terrible trade.
1: Oof.
0: It's a terrible trade. Oof. I, I I mean like it's a terrible trade, but I and making matters worse, but I knew I was like below 500. I knew I had to win. Um I do have Brandon Cooks and uh and Adam Thielen and 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 Marquise Goodwin, who's not any good either. So it's a terrible trade. Terrible trade. Um, making matters worse is that I didn't examine the bye week factor, and I actually I lost that week anyway. And then last week, I had to start Eli on a bye. Because I didn't realize that Eli's buy was coming up the next week and so I didn't have enough quarterbacks to try it out there. And then of course I won anyway this week with one quarterback on a bye, which it's so I gave up Larry Fitzgerald for literally nothing. Um, I at least think Eli might be better over the next few weeks than Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think that's true.
1: I, I think that's not is, Larry Fitzgerald uh,
0: better, but but better
1: which is what you were thinking when you made the deal. That's, right. I, that's, right. that's one of the underrated things about playing in as many leagues as we do. I live in constant fear on Sundays that I have made some stupid lineup decision or forgot to put somebody back in my lineup or I'm starting an illegal lineup, starting someone on a buy. And it happens two or three times every year where something just ridiculously stupid happens because
0: I've got 19 teams. This two quarterback league, I didn't like two years ago. I didn't realize that it was real until the fifth week. Like, I didn't, I had, like, hidden it away on my hidden <laughs> logos on CBS. And then somebody was like, are you, you gotta set your lineup in that league. I was like, we're playing out the, You know, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. It happens. Like, I, I snuck out one in a dynasty league we're in together. Um, uh, and I, but it was like, the, the name of the team is Heath is a Bully for some reason. I don't know why that, that is the case. I think it's Scott Riley named his team uh, after you. He,
1: he, uh, we have three or four people in that league who, don't have the an email correct, connected to the league that they mm. get so they, and so refuse you... to add an email that they get so they don't get any notifications. Mm. And we had to stop our draft two or three different times because Riley didn't have enough roster spots to make a draft pick. That's right. And I got very, very frustrated and said some things that most people would like <laughs> to take back. I'm not taking any of them back though.
0: You shouldn't. You don't have to take any of them back. Not here. And by the way, I actually paused that draft because I I did the same thing and I had I was trying to take Saquon Barkley first of all. But now I have Saquon and Todd Gurley on the same team. Which I
1: think is why Jamie Eisenberg's team is named Where's Will.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well that, because I showed up to every mock draft late. Um running back, should you be starting Mike Davis in every league this week?
1: Assuming that Chris Carson is out, and I think he's going to be, I will be starting Mike Davis everywhere. And Pete Prisco and I got into a, a disagreement about this on Monday, I think, and he thinks this will be more Rashad Penny. The problem is Penny's really? more talented than Davis, but Penny needs to run like Davis does. Mm. Davis goes forward. He hits the hole, and this Seahawks team has gotten much better at running the ball. They're averaging 4.3 yards per carry as a team now and have the third highest yards per game in the league on the ground. And you could be a little scared by the matchup against the Rams because they might get into a pass heavy scheme. The last time they played the Rams, they just ran all over them. And I think they'll do the same thing. The Rams are a funnel defense. They let you run the ball.
0: Well, and Seattle also wants to be able to control the ball. You know, they want to be able to slow the things down and not let Jared Goff lob up points and get into a shootout with him. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Would you, um, would you start Mike Davis over Deion Lewis in a revenge game against the Patriots?
1: I would definitely start Mike Davis over Deion Lewis in a non-PPR league, and I would start him in a PPR league, too.
0: Mike Davis or Nick Chubb? And we're assuming Chris Carson is out when we ask these questions.
1: Right. I would go with Nick Chubb. I think he's awesome.
0: You wouldn't start Mike Davis over uh, David Johnson, obviously, I don't think. Um, I
1: would start Mike Davis over David Johnson. You would? I would.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, Any other notable – anybody else that you –
1: I mean, just to make clear, it's not that I hate David Johnson. I have Mike Davis ranked 12th this week.
0: Okay, so you have him as an RB1 this week, assuming Chris Carson is out. And Pete Carroll has made it sound like Chris Carson is not going to play.
1: Um, and Pete Carroll is known for being optimistic about players that are not going to play, so I, I really think that means he's not going to play the rest of the year, probably.
0: That, that's actually a very good point. Well, in that case, is Penny the guy that we should be going out to add, just in case something happens to Mike Davis or Penny plays really well?
1: I think Penny's a good speculative ad.
0: Would you rather have... Rashad Penny or Carlos Hyde? Penny. Okay. Would you do you think Carlos Hyde is droppable at this point?
1: I do. I think he was droppable going into his buy last week.
0: He was droppable when he was on the Browns. Um (laughs) He hadn't been very good. I mean he just
1: well, as soon as the trade was made, he was apparently droppable. We didn't know that at the time, but
0: Right. Um Are you gonna be starting Leonard Fournette in all leagues this week?
1: No. Um
0: I don't own any Leonard Fournette. I don't own a single share of Leonard Fournette for whatever just how things I don't either. Yeah. So, I mean, our
1: teams sound very similar.
0: Yes, yeah, right. They they do. Uh, well, we both like to do it wide receivers early unless it was one of the running backs you'd like. Like I was going to always take DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham over Leonard Fournette
1: or Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. And I think like to be fair to us, that strategy worked out pretty well. Those running backs that were going at the end of the first start of the second have mostly fallen flat except for Kareem Hunt.
0: I have a team where I only did this in one league and I just think it's interesting to look at this stuff and make mental notes about it for the, you know, for the net for, it's hard to remember, it's hard to remember anything like next August when you're doing drafts. Like you need to make the notes about it now. I had a team where I went Aaron Rodgers and Travis Kelsey. Or I went Keenan Allen, um, late in the first. Then I went Travis Kelsey in the second and then Aaron Rodgers in the third. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh no, no, no sorry. I'm, I screwed that up. DeAndre Hopkins in the first, Keenan Allen in the second, Kelsey in the third, Aaron Rodgers in the fourth. That seems much better. Um, but I was, I was panicked. I had no running backs and, and sometimes when you don't draft running backs, it forces you to be more aggressive on the wire and to search out guys. And now here's who I've got. James Conner, James White, Tevin Coleman, Nick Chubb, and Tariq Cohen. I'm stacked at running back and I think that that's, that's a lesson to remember. For next, you know, you can't do anything about it this year, but that's the beauty of going with the the running backs early. I mean, the wide receivers early, right? Is that you can then fill up the holes later with these running backs who eventually emerge.
1: Well, exactly. That two QB league we were just talking about. I started off with Antonio Brown. I've got Ty Hilton, Tyreek Hill, and Zach Ertz, and I was in a similar situation right now. I've got Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Dion Lewis, Adrian Peterson, Isaiah Crowell.
0: I mean, that's a really good, like, that's a good group of running backs. But like, you might not have added. Um Adrian Peterson if you had uh, and he's helped carry you in that in the league early on. Like you might not have added him if you had uh Leonard Fournette. You know what I mean? Right. Like you you would have been you would have looked for wide receiver help. Um I don't oh so Leonard Fournette, but you're not starting him or you are probably starting if you own him.
1: Yeah, he's a low end number two running back for me this week. I'd rather start Jordan Howard. I'd rather start carry on. Um but like in non PPR I'd start Fournette over Tariq Cohen. Kenyon Drake, guys like that.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you think about the, just the Titans, generally the Titans, their usage on, uh, on Monday night against the Cowboys? I was stunned and impressed that Matt LaFleur finally got the memo that Derrick Henry isn't that great and that you need to use him to close out games and that Deion Lewis needs to be your feature back because he makes your offense more versatile. I feel like I've been yelling about this for six weeks. Oh
1: yeah, it's, it's really, Use Deion Lewis for the first three quarters and use Derrick Henry for the fourth. And when Derrick Henry's had those great games with DeMarco Murray, that was the setup for him. And I think we've just seen – and I'm disappointed by it because I was pretty excited about Henry coming out – that sure. he's he's just not working out in that role. The problem with Lewis long-term in this role is you don't know how long he's going to hold up to 20 touches a game. Mm. But I'm for as long as he does, I'm excited to start him.
0: Yeah, I I think I think he's not must start. I mean, certainly against the Patriots, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have him out there in every league because I think that's a defense that can be they'll give up yardage in a hurry. Uh, what about Duke Johnson? Got a lot of run for the uh for the Browns. They got rid of Todd Haley. You know, rest his soul. Um, bless his soul, I guess. Uh, and brought in Freddie Kitchens, who has utilized Duke Johnson heavily. Um, had two touchdowns. Do you do you buy or sell the idea of of that being Duke Johnson's? usage level moving forward
1: i i struggle with this type of situation because it was a new offensive coordinator so there's some justification for it but when it's a one week sample i get a little bit nervous so i guess i'd say i'm in the middle on the buy versus sell on duke johnson i i'm not projecting him for nine targets this week and if he does get nine targets i don't think he's going to catch all of them again like he did, like he did in week nine.
0: He is playing the Falcons, teeth. <laughs> he,
1: that, that helps because the Falcons, it's amazing. Like we, we question sometimes how teams versus, they've been the worst team against pass catching running backs for, for three years. Yeah. It's like,
0: like, we're almost like half a decade in of the Falcons. And
1: you watch them play and like a team drops back to pass and their entire defense just goes back and they'll just let a running back catch the ball and then go tackle him. So he'll be okay in PPR. I'm not excited about him in non-PPR at all
0: okay um defenses are the charger the, the chargers are probably either owned or snatched up i know you mentioned on your um streamer hit on CBS sports h q and you can watch cbs sports hq on cbs sports dot com slash live uh, real sports news for real sports fans great fantasy gambling analysis every i'll be on it um uh, well, people are listening on this on Thursday. I was on it on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, doing sports line from six to seven. Heath does uh, fantasy football day multiple times per week from noon to one. It's on the show is on every day from noon to one. Same thing with Sportsline. and then you can watch uh, sports line at noon to one on Sunday and eleven to noon on Saturday. You mentioned the Chargers as a team to add for the long haul. I grabbed him in a couple leagues last week sort of like a suck it up hope they put up a good score against the seahawks because i know i'm getting the raiders the next week and they actually scored and this is a team that's going to get joey bosa back at some point and they've got a really good schedule for the stretch run uh save for one matchup against the chiefs i, I kind of feel like they might be a long-term solution at, at dst
1: yeah i'm viewing him as a three-week streamer that's okay. what i would say like i love them against the raiders this week next two weeks they're at home against the broncos and arizona cardinals that's awesome Then it gets a little bit dicey. They have to go on the road against Pittsburgh. They have to go on the road to Kansas City. So I'll probably drop him off after the next three weeks, but I'm going to be using him for three weeks.
0: Well, that Kansas City game is worth noting is probably in your fantasy playoffs. So if you're in that situation, because they're week 15 in Kansas City. So if you're in, if you're in that situation, where you're in the playoffs, presuming it's a four team playoff that starts in week 15. Um, you could theoretically drop somebody who's a fringe to pick up a second DST. If you wanted to have the chargers again at home in week 16 against Baltimore, which yeah. leads me to my next question. So um, this is a tricky one for me. Uh, we have, I, I I got a little antsy in a, in a league I, I own with a buddy of mine. Um, and it's, if and I'm, Giving it away by because I think people that are in the league might listen to this podcast. But um, we dropped the, the Vikings for the Ravens and then the Ravens for the Redskins. Um, and, and then the Vikings got picked up last week and then dropped again yesterday. We have been sitting on it's a non-resetting number one waiver claim. The Vikings are on by this week. Do I let them clear through waivers on Friday or do I use my waiver claim on them?
1: I would not pick them up. Not pick them up? I don't. I don't, I think they're, they're getting better and playing more like what we expected, but their schedule is just brutal mm. for the next three weeks. They've got on the road against Chicago, which is an okay matchup, but it's on the road. And then they're home against Aaron Rodgers and then they're on the road against Tom Brady. You know,
0: the Bears, the Bears are a top five team in points per game scored.
1: Mitchell Trubisky's averaging like 25 fantasy points a game or something.
0: There's only one team in the NFL right now that is top 10 in you – know, spoiler, it's the Bears uh, – top 10 in defensive and offensive efficiency, and it's the Bears. Like, there's nobody else in the NFL. The next closest team to really be both top 10 is the Patriots, seven on offense and 13 on defense, which is kind of surprising. Denver is four on defense and 11 on offense, which is very surprising. Vance Joseph is terrible. Um, the Bears might just be good on offense. Like they just know how to scheme guys around, even if Trubisky's not great. So I, I tend to agree with you on that, that regard. Uh, so you would ride out the Bills for this week and then just keep streaming. Yep. Okay. All right. That's the play then. Uh, oh, that's all I got except for beer. Got any beers? Good beers, to Taste?
1: I, I don't have any beers that are probably available to everyone else, but if you're coming to South Florida or in the South Florida area, I went to a new brewery this week, Crazy Uncle Mike's. It's in – yeah. <laughs> okay. A brand, br- brand new place, outstanding atmosphere, and they had some really good beers. Had a Igniter Remix IPA, which was delicious. They're uh, Northeast Boca Raton.
0: Northeast Boca Raton. Crazy Uncle Mike's. I like that we've now veered out of – like people don't feel the need to make hot puns or anything or like P2 hipster. It's just like crazy Uncle Mike's. You know, Uncle Mike it's like Uncle Mike convinces Uncle Mike made some great home brews, convinces boys that he needed a, a brewer a brewery and they 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 paid the, for it.
1: The funny thing is you hear crazy Uncle Mike's and you're thinking, Okay, I've been to a lot of breweries like that. This is in some warehouse area where they've got a concrete floor and tin walls, and that's not the case with this place at all. It's one of the nicest interiors of the breweries down in South Florida.
0: Really? Okay, yes, it's right.
1: and a really good food.
0: Uh, did I mention about? Did I tell you about the 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 mixer beer that I tried? Did the, the, we talk about this last week? I don't think so because I I hadn't tried it. Um, it's my second chance brewing. I might have mentioned on like Monday's pod, but I'm just. I my, think you said I have to try this first before I say anything about it. That's what it was. Well, it was freaking fantastic. Is the Blendomatic? Um, you take one hazy IPA, like a New England IPA, and one brute IPA, which is apparently the new thing. Is that like the Uh, root's not really my, my thing, but I mean, like, I like the blended combo, uh, nice and bitter, but also hazy. And, uh, it was a, it was an excellent, excellent shot. So I, I would highly recommend if anybody can find second chance, uh, beer to check their stuff out. Their IPAs are excellent. And, um, I think that's all, I think that's all I've tried this week. Anything else to, to add before we get out of here? I think I'm done. All right. Good stuff. Heath Cummings. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you, uh, next week. All right. Now we got the uh fantasy talk out of the way with Heath Cummings. It's time to talk to Kelly Stewart, a K A at Kelly in Vegas on Twitter. Excellent friend of the program. You're actually out in Vegas um great to have you back the 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 powers i mean i had a great time talking with you before but the powers that be really liked it so so you you may get harassed about coming on uh frequently which sucks for you but it's good for us and we're going to talk super contest lines what's going on
2: sucks for me no i actually really enjoy it listen anytime that i get to talk about one of my favorite subjects uh i'm all about it and this super contest card man i so as you know well i put in my plays early Yep. So right before I did this uh, podcast with you, I put my plays in. I just left the Westgate. I so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see what you're going to say here um, about some of the ugliest teams I played on the card this week. Well, here's the thing. This last
0: week, and I wrote, I wrote about it and everybody, everybody wrote about ESPN Chalk wrote about it. This is something that wouldn't have been written about five years ago, but the books got, the sports books got hammered on Sunday. And it was like one of the worst days in sports book history. Woe is me. The poor, sad, uh, you know, broken down sports books got beat up by John Q public. Um, and, you know, they point out like even the, the underdogs won, the public bet on, the favorites won, the big favorites covered. And- yeah, it was like
2: something like 14 to 0, right? Like every yeah. decision. That would have been made in the book's favor or went against them.
0: Yeah, it's it was nuts, and I mean, again, I don't feel bad for him, but Kelly, you know, no, but
2: I feel bad for me because usually that means I had a bad day. Usually, yeah. when the super contest consensus plays go five and zero, oh, I'm in a world of hurt. What how
0: did you do last week?
2: Uh Two and three yet again. Four yeah, weeks was... in a row, mm. I have went two and three. Yeah, I, I was neck and neck uh with Nick Co- uh, Costas, yeah. one of our buddies, and. I took first place in uh, the Odd Shark Super Contest yep. uh, within our pool, and I, I had to get mouthy on Twitter, and that faded very, very quickly. I think I'm in, like, number seven or number eight spot now. Who's
0: who? Do you know who's in first on hashtag Team OS? Um, I, I can,
2: thought it was Sam P., but you know
0: uh, what? It might
2: be. I'm not he, sure right now.
0: I did his winner or his chicken dinner podcast, and he said he's been banging out three and two weeks and then fell down to two and three Um I don't, it's not me. I've been st- Pete Prisco has been white hot. He's about to catch Nick in the contest too. He was having a, a real tough time. Nick has faded.
2: Uh, for those that don't know, I mean, if
0: you heard No, problem- John,
2: John Annick, 27 and a half points. Sam P, number two. Anthony Risobano, I don't know if I said that right. 26 sure. points. I am number eight. Me and Jenny, the, uh, UFC chick from Brazil. Mm-hmm. She and I are tied, uh, with Joe O. And James Alberino. So there's a four-way tie. Nick is a half a point ahead of me. Let me scroll down and see if I can find you. Oh, there's no you're real down reason there. to find Number me. Number twenty. Oh no, that's not good. I've been. I, I can't
0: get. I can't find a groove. And um, I what I need to do is grow up and stop trying to get cute and just take teams I trust. I'm not going to do that this week. I think I like your card. But anyway, like I was saying, the books got hammered, and then you look at this. You look at the teams that are out there, and the lines are all inflated. There's tons of home dogs and it's it reeks of a week where it's gonna be a
2: comeback week, right? God, I hope so. I mean it reeks of that. Yet there are really I mean, okay, so Nick and I talk about this a lot, so you've heard of heard it on the show and passing, trap games, okay? Kenny White will say on the show every week, guys. The show, and the, the show post- you're
0: the show you're referencing is sports line, uh, which HQ, yep. so on so the CSP. Sportsline HQ, um, okay.
2: almost every day. And when we talk NFL um, Kenny White's a former bookmaker and he goes head to head with Pete and, you know, Nick and I talk about trap games and he's like, guys, there's no such thing as a trap game. I get it. I am not a former bookmaker. I have never tried to make my own lines and see if people would bet on them. That being said, there is absolutely trap games. There's like three on the board this week that look absolutely terrifying. Um, and I took all three of them.
0: Well, here's the thing. The, uh, so like the Kansas City Chiefs or minus 16 and a half, and they're thinking about next week against the Rams before their bye week, right? Here's something to think
2: about, right? We talk about this in college football all the time. Look-ahead spots, right? right. Where, you know, Mississippi State last week, I took Louisiana Tech catching a whole bunch of points, thinking Mississippi State would be looking ahead after this entire gauntlet of games they had played to to Alabama. I text Nick, and I said, "I'm, I'm hammering Louisiana Tech. Did not work out in my favor. They were either, they're just that much better of a team than I gave them credit for or they weren't looking ahead to Alabama. I agree with you here. I think the Chiefs, Are looking ahead to that game in Mexico City versus the Rams. I think the Rams are also looking Mm -hmm. ahead to that game.
0: Yep, and I think that the Patriots are looking ahead to their buy, like when they're playing the Titans in Tennessee. There's just a ton of there's a ton of home dogs out there. And if you if you've bet on the NFL for a long time and you know that and you and we look do okay here's I guess here's the better way to phrase this. Do you think that the NFL like point spreads in the NFL and betting on the NFL has undergone some systematic wholesale change over the last six weeks?
2: or do no. you or do you think that the like the public just won for 3 weeks what's the, more likely the books have made more money on the NFL over the course of history than any other sport right it didn't it didn't magically change overnight and and if the public doesn't win from time to time granted i don't think they ever want them to go 14 and 0 in decisions right. but if they don't win from time to time they're going to stop betting
0: Well, you know, so you know, you know how like when the NFL has a game that does really good ratings, and they they send out a press release, they're like,
2: "Whoa, look at the
0: ratings!" Like if they ever have like crappy ratings, they're not like, "By the way, our ratings are down." I mean, it's just like like the books are the books are the like the opposite. They're not going to be like, "Hey, by the way, we blasted the public last weekend, swept them, took all their money, effed them in the face,
2: took it all, all in." Exactly. Both bookmakers. Actually, I was with three bookmakers today all three of them I go so how bad, on camera how bad did you guys get killed oh my god i can't believe how bad we got killed one bookmaker gives out his nfl plays why because he's super square and he's so funny he couldn't wait to tell everybody on video to rush down to the golden nuggets and <laughs> bet the falcons was this oh, the- he's like
0: is this is this the Golden Nugget Sportsbook
2: director? Yeah, this is Aaron. Tony Miller. Oh, no, Tony Miller. Okay, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interviewing him. I love Tony. I've, I've known the guy for years, and it was the best because he was like, D- if you don't come down here and bet the Falcons, I'm all over the Falcons, blah, blah, blah. I go, you know what this looks like? This looks like last week versus Kansas City when 91% of the tickets were on the Chiefs and the Browns couldn't even hang. Now the line's cut in half. The Falcons sense. team finally finally got it together against the Redskins, who kind of have just been a little bit overrated.
0: Mm, so with that, I feel like this gets said on HQ that. With that in mind, are you taking the Browns on the Super Contest?
2: I did take the Browns. Oh and uh, so funny, my buddy Bobby text me. He, he goes, "Oh my God, I'm with you on the Browns." And I said, "Well, we're either gonna love ourselves Sunday afternoon, or we're gonna hate ourselves. We may feel really smart, or we may just be like, you know what? I think the the word that Nick always uses is masochist. I need to <laughs> look up the actual definition before I use it, but I mean, I believe it means you're like into pain and suffering. Yes. Uh, because yeah, that's what it's like betting the Browns. And you know, Todd Furman, who does the show with us as well. Gave out that as his best bet, and I said, you know what? I'm already on the Browns. I'm going to play a little bit more. The Sharp guys have been playing this team for three years and just getting their faces kicked in, and here I am doing it again because I I just have some idea in my mind that the books are going to make their money back this week, and uh, hopefully it's with this Browns team.
0: Well, I think part of the thing is, and you're right, like – the Falcons shouldn't come in and the line is cut in half. Like the Falcons are, the Falcons are the same profile team as the Chiefs, right? A high scoring team that doesn't stop anybody. Uh, they should theoretically come into Cleveland. I do think the weather matters. It's going to be cold. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be nasty. That's not good for Matt Ryan and company. Um, and I think that Cleveland is going to be better at scoring and putting up points than the Redskins are. The Redskins can't score once you get them down and they can't run.
2: I think one of the biggest things that we, we don't talk about often is that the general public, You know, if I call my dad and I say, hey, dad, what do you think? The Falcons are four points at the Browns. And let's say he watched that Redskins game last week and he watched that Chiefs game last week. He's going to say, Matt Ryan looks like an MVP quarterback, Kelly. How all day I'm going to lay all this money with the Falcons because they have such a short-term memory about what happened last. This Browns team is much improved compared to the Browns teams we've seen years past. Baker Mayfield does show some moments of greatness. I'm nervous about taking this. That being said, I am, but you want to give me four points of the Browns at home. All right. This is the same team who at home week one took the Steelers to overtime, ended up on a tie. This is the same team that went into new Orleans and almost won that game. It's it's not the
0: same team. They don't have Hugh Jackson anymore. So that's actually uh, a net plus like this is a better team. We
2: should actually give them, uh, you know, a little bit of an edge there, but you're right. And, and and you have to not overthink things. So when I first saw this, I said I'm going to bet the Browns. Yep. Point blank period. The end. And I, I just had to do it and pull the trigger on it.
0: Um, I bet another game that you definitely pulled the trigger on that involves an AFC North team. Oh, actually, catching points at home against an NFC South team that looked great last week. The Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so like let's. I, I know Nick tweeted this, and we were going, you go back and forth with him. Um, but I I agree. Like if you look at the Bengals situation. They just they, – they're coming off a bye. Nobody cares about the Bengals. A.J. Green is hurt. Um, they haven't really stopped anybody. They almost lost to the Buccaneers the last time we saw them. Um, their offense has been crap since Tyler Eifert we got injured against the Falcons. And the Saints are coming in. And the Saints just, uh, like, unseated the Rams, blew them out at home, looked like the dominant team. And they're only laying five-and-a-half points on the Super Contest. It's like four-and-a-half out on some sides. How can you not take the
2: Saints? Listen – 4-0 and on the road this season. They've covered six straight. I have no really good reason to take Andy Dalton here. F- fine, like, as you mentioned, fine, they're off a bye. But what this really is is something we call spot play. Yep. Again, three out of the Saints' last four games have been on the road. Sure, they went in and handled business against the Rams, but that was a hard-fought, high-scoring game. Now they go on the road to the Bengals. Who do they have next? They have Philadelphia. They have, uh, the Falcons. Yep. They have Dallas. So this is something that, this is kind of one of those really tough scheduling spots where they just have to go to Cincinnati and win. Yep. I, I think this is going to be a field goal game. This, this screams field goal game. This, this line technically with bookmakers, depending on who you talk to, four, four and a half is the correct number, hence why the book put it out, but it's no longer anymore. Oh, wait. Insert Des Bryant. All of a sudden, Des Bryant is relevant again, and everybody's like, oh, now the Saints just have one more weapon. Oh, really? Des Bryant's going to match. Listen, we've all heard Des Bryant speak. He went to Oklahoma State. I remember Whoa. Des Bryant in college. The guy's not very smart. You want to tell me. He hasn't played football for a few months now, and he's just going to waltz right into New Orleans, learn that playbook, and just get right after it. Yeah, I'm not buying it, especially not one and a half points.
0: Uh, Well, and I think one of the things to watch here, too, we mentioned the weather in Cleveland. The weather in Cincinnati is going to be cloudy, overcast, maybe a little bit of rain, sub-50 degrees. Um, Drew Brees and company, I'm not trying to give you this trend to say, oh, like Drew Brees stinks outdoors when it's – because they've been much better outdoors lately. Um, They've only played four games since 2013. I Outside where the temperature was below fifty degrees, uh, one last year against the Bills in in early November, and the Bills were a playoff team, but they were a fraud and they blew the Bills out. Um, and then they took care of business against the uh, the Bears in uh, in twenty fourteen, and that was a, a Mark Trestman really
2: bad Bears team, right?
0: And Mark Tressman coached bad Bears team, and I I don't even think uh, yeah Cutler. That's yeah. funny you
2: remember that because well, I, I don't if I don't you would ask me who Mark Tressman was. I I've already long forgotten about him because he was so. Fadeable with Jay Cutler. Yeah. Laying points. I, I can't believe I forgot about one of my favorite coaches The fade.
0: They did get hot with uh, Josh McCown, though. Josh, for whatever reason, Josh McCown was good for his system. But, like, they've only played four times since 2013 outdoors when it's that cold. And so I think that while they're not going to overlook this, this is kind of a – like, you're about spot games, like – it's kind of a sleepwalking game. Like, like I always think about Clemson going up to Syracuse on Friday night. You know, it's a tomb up there. It's quiet. It's, it's not cold. Like you go to play in Boston College on a Friday night and it's just freezing ass cold and you, you, you guys, your players don't want to be up there. It's the same sort of thing. Like Drew Brees doesn't want to be in Cincy. He wants, I mean, like he wants, he, they know they're the, they be getting pumped up all week. I love the Bengals in this spot. Uh, what other dog pops out to you on your card that you, that you like?
2: Well, we'll just keep going down the list. Three in a row here. Uh, Titans plus six and a half. Now,
0: this I line am, is begging you to take the Patriots. Begging you to take the Patriots.
2: Begging me to take the Patriots. Uh, granted, I did not take the Packers on my card, um, on the Super Contest card, but by kickoff, I was so frustrated. By the way, don't do this. Don't have a couple beers with your friends and think that you're smarter than how crappy your day is going. Um, mm. I threw the Packers in a teaser. They could not cover the 11. Um, mm. uh, A guy I do a lot of work with has a rule. He does not bet against the Patriots. I don't bet road chalk in the NFL. Good rule. But he just says, listen, I get it. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. They're like, I looked at the other day. It was like 198, 151 and six against the spread. Like some insurmountable number. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick uh, covers,
0: covers more often than like the best game, the best NFL gambler in the world.
2: For sure. And, and that's great and all. Um, The Patriots did hurt me at the Bears, but prior to that, I played against them at the Lions, and I played against them at the Jags. Again, people do remember what they see last, but I don't think the public's going to be rushing to bet the Titans here. The Titans had (laughs) multiple turnovers. Uh, We know it was the Cowboys, really, that were just playing super flat. Um, But I I do think as much as I kind of bashed – Marcus Mariota the other night, I do think he did look improved against that bad Dallas defense. And so the Patriots secondary, I've been bashing on them all season, even though Aaron Rodgers was not able to exploit them. They are still missing a couple key guys. And I think the Titans are going to be able to keep it at home relatively within this uh, touchdown wheelhouse. I mean, of course, what I love to have gotten a seven and a half? But no, I think six and a half makes it, like you said, that much more enticing to bet the Patriots. So I will be on the Titans.
0: Um, you talk about the Patriots. So their last, uh what is it, their last six road games? They're actually three and three straight up. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. I don't think they're gonna lose, and I think they'll find a way to win. And they might look, they might back. So the Bears was the right side in that game. Like the Bears was the right side, and the Patriots just happened to get a punt return and a blocked punt um, and pulled some stuff out of their rears and and they and they burned us. Uh, but the Bears, I had the Bears too. Um, I think this is gonna be like that Bills game on Monday night of two weeks ago where it's a low scoring sort of slog. The Patriots know it. They're trying to get a, a run game going. They don't want to, they don't want to do anything too cute. And they kind of just go like, like, like you think the saints will, they just want to go in there and get the win. And I don't think he wants to stomp Mike Vrabel either. Like, I don't think he wants to embarrass Mike Vrabel. Who's one of his you know favorite former
2: players. So I, I think it's a nice low. That's I, like, fair. I guess I didn't even think about that concept. And that's something to always think about is, 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 you know, whether or not coaches have respect for one another, whether or not coaches hate each other. Right. Uh, you know, if there's some hatred there, then yeah, you want to lay it on thick like, if you
0: can Like, like Doug Marone going for two against the freaking Jets late in the game. Like he's trying to bury them. I don't think, I don't think Belichick's going to try and run out the score. I think if they get the ball and they can run out the clock, they'll do it. And I think th- they were trying to do that against Buffalo and they got a pick six. That covered, and then the Bills had another shot to cover the spread, but they just had Nathan Peterman who couldn't convert it. And I think that if Marcus Mariota gets that backdoor opportunity, he'll pull it off. Uh, how about Jacksonville plus three?
2: Oh God. Okay, so there was a there was four I I had decided on, and I walked into the Westgate and I was getting ready to film, and I'm like, okay, God, I got to pick this fifth. I got to pick this fifth. Um, so I looked and I said, God, what is the ugliest? dog on the card okay peep,
0: peep behind the curtain of a, a professional gambler too like walking in like oh shoot i need a fifth what's my like? what's my problem, fifth? right in yeah.
2: real life i don't bet five games it's very right bet five games now sometimes i'll tease my super plays if if the numbers are right or i'll tease four out of five of them and then throw a couple extra in here and there but really sundays are more of a relaxed day for me oh really uh well yeah college football i've got 10 to 20 plays right i get hammered you know i get I get texts about these great sides and i start looking at them and i got a whole laundry list of games where i mean even last sunday and i forced two late plays just to like try to save some face i only had five bets i had a teaser and four straight plays oh wow okay so no a teaser four straight plays and then i ended up long story short i ended up doing that packers throwing packers in a teaser and that was a nightmare um But – so I was looking. I go, okay, the Cardinals are really ugly. But the Chiefs can name the score here. Granted, they are looking ahead. Not going to play this bad team. Yep. Definitely not playing the Raiders. We know the Raiders are a bad team. Not playing – I like the Chargers. uh,
0: Well, I mean if you had to – if you maybe take one, I'd take the Chargers. But I'm with you.
2: Well, exactly. So I'm not playing the Raiders. So I'm looking at the Cowboys. I'm looking at the Jaguars. I'm looking at the Dolphins. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Why? A, off a bye. B, Leonard Frenette is coming back. But both of these teams, it's funny if you ask. If I call my dad, we joke about calling public people, right? If I call my dad and I say, Dad, tell me about the Jaguars. Oh, God, they're such a bad 3-5 and five team. Look what happened since last year. Blah. blah. Bortles now is terrible. I, yeah, and if I call, exactly, Blake Bortles is trash. They can't get the run game going, yada, yada. This defense, what happened to Saxonville? Okay, if I called and said, hey, Dad, what do you think about the Colts? Oh, the Colts are great. They're improving week to week, blah, 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 blah. Well, they're both three and five teams. They're, They're really essentially the same teams. This is a divisional game. And I think that the public perception on Jacksonville is not as bad as Jacksonville is. Okay, so they lost to the Cowboys. That was really bad. They went over to London. That was really bad. I don't think they're this bad of a team. I, and maybe I still am in love with Blake Bortles from, you know, winning me a ton of money over Baylor in that champ, that, uh, which, <laughs> which bowl game was that he was at UCF? That was so great. Was I mean, he the... won me money against Louisville as like plus 450 dog. And then he won me money. And, and ever since then, I've been infatuated with Blake Bortles, but, uh, no, I, I do think he's okay. If they can keep him in his wheelhouse and he doesn't turn the ball over, I think Jacksonville will win this game. But to really answer your question, I was torn between Three really ugly dogs and I went with the, probably the worst, the best of the worst, I should say. Like Jacksonville, I thought was the most capable of not getting blown out here. Well, see, I think I agree with that
0: 100%. I think if, I think the Jaguars could blow out the Colts and, but the Colts couldn't blow out the Jaguars. And if you're talking about between the Raiders, the Jaguars and the Cardinals, which of those teams can win? The Jaguars are the only team that can win. So, like, if you're going to take points, take a team you actually believe can exactly.
2: win. Exactly. And, I mean, of course, I could have looked at the Bills. Absolutely not. I could have looked at the Cowboys. Absolutely not. And, granted, I could go back and lay a ton of points. But, like I told you, I don't lay a ton of points on the road. So, the only favorite I was really looking at was the Packers. Really? That's a lot. I was That's... like, okay, the Packers must-win situation. Okay, you know, Brocktober is over. <laughs> you know, this Miami team. Not so good on the road in uh, Green Bay. They're going to be freezing. Yeah, I just, it wasn't something that I could get behind, especially after seeing how bad that defense has been. Just week in and week out. I'm like, I'm not laying almost 10 points with this team.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Indy 15th overall in DVOA, Jacksonville 18th. So we're talking, basically talking about pretty even teams. Jacksonville's got a top 10 defense. So it, yeah.
2: Well, so we give them three points for a home field advantage, which is probably too many for yep, Indianapolis. And, yep. and we call this game a pick em. You know, I think the game would be minus three if it was in Jacksonville. So uh, like you said, I'll take, I'll take the short number and hope they can get the win.
0: All right. What's your last game on your, uh, your, your slate?
2: Uh, okay. So I did take Seattle. This was...
0: Uh, oh, this is... Wait, Prisco and I talk... We'll talk... I mean, Pete, now, that's my... I think it was my top pick. I sent him in. We, we do all our... Me and RJ and Pete do all our picks against the spread on for Friday's show. This is Thursday's show, obviously. Um But uh, this is a no-brainer. This is an easy no-brainer. Like, don't overthink it. If you can find it out there at 10, go ahead and take it at 10, because it's still out there. It's going to fall down closer to 7, I think, by kickoff.
2: You know, I know the numbers, guys, will say, oh, but it's 9.5 in the contest. You're right. It is 10. And I do think... The numbers guys are going to come in on the Seattle team, a magnitude of reasons. Same thing we talked about the Chiefs. This is a look-ahead spot for the Rams. Whether or not they professional teams do do that, they're playing their possible Super, Super Bowl opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, in Mexico City. They're off that hard-fought game versus the Saints, 1-4-1 against the spread since they went up yep. to Seattle, what was that, six weeks ago now? And they play were played tough there. Granite, twelfth man, fine. They get we'll give them four for a home field advantage there. Okay, so where does this double digit number come from? I'm not sure I'm buying it. Granite, yes, Seattle looked terrible last week versus the Chargers. One of my super contest losses. I did not listen to anybody telling me the Chargers are the real deal. I need to get out of my own way, thinking that they probably you know, should be able to give the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money in the AFC West. I, I just haven't been able to buy it. Another interesting stat, and usually I'm not a big trends person, but if it backs up my case, Russell Wilson, 3-0 and in his career, catching more than a touchdown. He's only been a dog of a touchdown or more three times. Mm. That's insane. I mean, he's still very capable. The Seahawks team has some life left in him. We saw it at Detroit, whether Detroit had cashed it in or not. And I think they're going to get up for this divisional opponent who may just be like, "Cool, we just have to beat the Seahawks."
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, the, Russell Wilson's got something to prove here. The chief, the the Rams are thinking about. You know, how like the Rams have lost, and now they've still only lost one game. They're still worried about the the conference and the buys and all of that. But, they're, I mean, if you're Sean McVay, you're lying if you say you aren't planning out the rest of your season. You have Seahawks, Chiefs, then you're by, and then you're trying to figure out what you're going to do to get ready for the playoffs. He's too, too in over 10 of not to be doing that. So, I agree. This is an easy one for me, uh, Seahawks. I like a lot of your picks, which uh, scares me a little bit. But I'm sure I'll talk myself into taking the Chargers
2: minus nine and a half. I mean, but I, I don't hate that. This is one thing we talk about. So obviously we know the Raiders are coming to Las Vegas. The Raiders are not only tanking, purposefully or not, they are tanking. Uh, John Gruden, fire sale. But in reality, it appears they're doing so in order to set things up better for For, when they come to Las Vegas. For 2020. I don't think they're going to be in Oakland next year. I'm not sure where they're going to play. Maybe L.A., maybe – They're not going to be able to play here. I mean, we made that very clear. We don't have a place that's going to be probably even big enough that the NFL is going to approve. Um, But they have no home field advantage. So I think that that just takes it away there. I mean, Chargers look great. Again, I'm not laying double digits on the road. It's It's a personal rule of mine. But in no form or fashion am I taking Nine and a half with the Raiders.
0: Yeah, and the Chargers don't have a home field advantage anyway, so they like Philip Rivers might like going in there. That's and, actually
2: true. The, yeah. the the Chargers on the road, whether doesn't really matter. You're right. They they don't. They play in a soccer stadium. I was there. There was more Broncos fans there that day than Chargers fans. It was it was quite uh, insane actually.
0: Chargers three one and zero against the uh, against the spread on the road this year. The only teams that are better, are New Orleans and Kansas City. My God, nine and zero combined against the spread. All right, Kelly Stewart. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Sorry we kept you too long. Um, We'll talk to you soon. Watch Kelly on uh, CBS Sports HQ. Follow her on Twitter, at Kelly Vegas. Thanks.
2: Thank you.